Praise the Lord, and welcome to the Endurance Sound Doctrine Podcast. I'm your host, Brother Chris Roberts Sr., and before we do anything, let's get this sparked with a word of prayer. Father God, it's in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that we just thank you for yet another day, Lord God. We thank you for this opportunity, Lord God, to learn of your word. Lord God, we ask that you open the ears of our heart, Lord God, and all our getting, let us get an understanding, O God, impart wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and truth. Lord God, bless the ears of every listener of this podcast, Father, go into their households, Father, and fill them with your spirit and fill them with your love. For this and all things, we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, I wanted to pick up kind of right where we left off. We were talking about that gospel. And there's no greater story to, told by mankind than the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I believe the last time uh, we kind of broke down what gospel was, what it means, what's it in the Greek, what's it in the Hebrew. But the more and more you study that term, that word gospel, and you see how Paul uh, used it, how Paul interacted uh, with his uh, listeners, with his readers and his epistles, and how the focus was always on the gospel. And I'm just grateful that we have this gospel today. Um, it's not just something that Paul felt like he needed to expound on back then uh, to those listeners, but the gospel is saving today. So let, let's go straight to the word. Let's go straight to the word and we'll go on Romans uh, chapter one. Now, I do believe we read this last week. I want to focus more on that power. Romans 1 and 17, uh, 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. For everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. Now let's go, and, and to me, when you read this verse, you see how he ended it, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. What that is saying is that this salvation, this power that's uh, going to be experienced by is for everybody. It's for everybody. And where where do you get that from? Well, let's go back a book and go back to Acts chapter 1. And we'll start at verse 7. And these are the words of Christ. If you have a real Bible, a KJV Bible, um, these letters here should be in red because they were spoken by Jesus Christ in the flesh. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times nor the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So let's break that down. So in that verse 7, 
when he says, uh, which the father hath put in his own power, that word there for power is different than the word power in the very next verse, different in the Greek from which it was translated. That word power in verse seven, I believe is exousia. It's Strong's number 1849. And uh, that word exousia speaks of authority speaks of God's authoritative power. And in the uh, eighth verse where he says, ye shall receive power, meaning everyone, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. That power is the dunamis. That's the action power. And we all know that uh, when they received the Holy Ghost shortly after this on the day of Pentecost, that it came in demonstration of power. There was a strong, uh, rushing, mighty wind. There was cloven tongues as of fire that sat upon each of them. And so, uh, but that's not the power that Jesus was speaking of. Of course, uh, we know today uh, that the, the, the uh, Holy Ghost, being the power of God, uh, is the power that we have over Satan. It's the power that we have over sin. When Adam ushered in sin, God sent back his uh, Holy Ghost in order for us to have that power. Until then, there was no comforter. There was no parakletos. There was nothing to come alongside of us to help us to be that power that we could have over sin. They had to make sacrifices year after year for an atonement for sin. But it said, the Bible says in Hebrews that it could not make the comers thereunto perfect. But in that same book, he said he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. You got this Holy Ghost. You got this sanctification, the Holy, Holy Ghost. Then you are perfect. Amen. And he says, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem and in all Judea and all Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. So again, he's echoing or Peter, Paul, sorry, that we read uh, just read in Romans. Paul is echoing what Jesus is saying here. He's saying that, yes, it's going to start right here in Jerusalem, then to Judea, then to Samaria, then to the uttermost part of the earth. This is Acts chapter one. When you continue to read the Acts, that's exactly what happened. It started in Jerusalem, went to Judea. We follow Philip in Samaria, and then Paul is anointed to bring the gospels to all of the earth, to the Gentiles, to the non-Jews. The Bible cannot lie. Jesus cannot lie. His word cannot lie. And what he said would happen is exactly what happened. So let, let again, let's bring this back together. Paul said that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Jesus said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come. In the next chapter, in a very familiar verse in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's a gift because Jesus gave it. 
He sent it back in John 14. He said he's sending back the promise of the father. And he said, we shall make our abode with him. Whoever has this comforter, whoever has this Holy Ghost. This is the gift that Jesus sent back to us that we need to have, that we partake of his gospel. What I wanted to point out in that Acts chapter 2, verse 38, he said, be baptized every one of you. Again, this is not something where you make a decree like, yeah, this fourth Sunday, I'm going to get baptized. No, this is you get baptized, you get baptized, you get baptized. Every one of you get baptized whenever you can. The days are short. Time is winding up. It's time to take that opportunity to get baptized in water and spirit, water and spirit. Of course, we're talking about the Holy Ghost, which is the baptism of the spirit. I think we can agree on that. What I what I've seen uh, on some church churches website is that they believe uh, when you make your faith declaration, uh, which I'm not sure what that is. Uh, faith is an action word. So declaring with your mouth, uh, does not, uh, give you salvation, but they believe that once you make that faith declaration, uh, you're, you are born of the spirit. But Jesus said very plainly, don't take my word for it. Let's turn to it. John chapter three, the gospel of John chapter three, Jesus says very, very, very plainly. <clears throat> what happens when you are born of the Spirit? He says, uh, John chapter 3, verse 8, The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell, but canst not tell whence it cometh, whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. When you are born of the Spirit, there is a sound. Yes, I believe it happens with your mouth. We saw that in Acts chapter 2. You see it in Acts chapter 19. You see it in Acts chapter 10. There is a sound that takes place. How do you know a baby is born? It has, it makes a sound. It makes a sound. When you know a baby that is born is alive, how do you know that it's alive? It makes a sound. Jesus says, you know, you are born of the spirit because there is a sound. It says the wind bloweth where it lists. It blows where it wants to. But you don't know where it's coming from. You can't see it. Nobody can see the Holy Ghost. You can't see it coming into somebody. But the way that you know the Holy Ghost fell is because you hear a sound. You hear a the Holy Ghost taking over that member, which no man can control. James said it's a fiery member, but God can control it and he can control your language. Let's go to Acts chapter 10. And this is my favorite story in the Bible. As we know, Acts is a, is a book of history, much like uh, most, most of the Old Testament, but it's the only book of history in the New Testament. So these are stories. These are happenings that actually happen. Um, 
It says, uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 44, while Peter yet spake these words, he was preaching the gospel. He was telling them the Jesus Christ story. I'm not going to get into it because I'm sure on this podcast, I've told many times the story of Cornelius, but Cornelius uh, summoned Peter after Peter had his vision about the, uh, about the quilt in the sky and, and uh, God told him to rise, slay and eat. And, uh, and then Peter went to Cornelius's house, started preaching the gospel message. And it says, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. Now, how does the writer here, Luke, how does he know that the Holy Ghost fell? And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many that as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles was also poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. I like how he used that word believed. They were believers because they had the Holy Ghost. They weren't believers just because they made a faith declaration, which, by the way, the point I was getting to is that there is nowhere in the Bible where the apostles said, repeat after me this prayer, repeat after me this statement. Philip told the eunuch, if you believe, you can get baptized. He didn't tell him what to say. He just wanted to make sure he believed. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Most people want to focus on the antecedent, the uh, antecedent of that argument, which he says, he that believeth not, it shall be damned. So the only requirement is to believe. No, sir. He said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. If you don't believe, then there's no way you're going to get baptized and there's no way you're going to get saved. So you must believe and get baptized. In this case, Cornelius was only a believer. He was only a believer. He talked with angels. The angels came and visited him. Us today, we would say that he saved. God is talking to him. He must be saved. But that's not the case. He still needed a preacher. Romans 10. Don't stop at 10, 9. Keep reading after verse 9. Romans 10, he needed a preacher to come and preach the word so that he could get baptized of water and spirit. He didn't have the baptism of the water and the spirit yet. <laughs> this is so plain to me, but I, 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 I want people to get it. I want others to get it. I want others to understand it. If you already have it, I want you to use this to tell others. If you don't know about it and you're listening to this, I want you to understand you need to be born of water and spirit. I don't care what spiritual gifts you display, what talents you display, what gifts you think you have. If you are not born and uh, baptized in Jesus name and receive the Holy Ghost, you don't have it all yet. That's word. That's Bible. That's not Brother Chris. That's Bible. You cannot ignore this story and the nine other the eight other times that folks were baptized in the Bible. This is not made up. This is not uh, this is not uh, denominational dogma. This is doctrine. This is the doctrines of Christ. Faith towards God, repentance from dead works. This is the doctrine, repentance, baptisms, baptisms, 
water, and spirit. Whew. So he said, And they that were of the circumcision were believed and astonished as many as came with Peter, because on the Gentiles was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, how did they know that they had the Holy Ghost? Well, verse 46 tells you three letter word F O R for or because of. They knew that they had the Holy Ghost because they heard. Remember in John 3 and 8, Jesus said that there's a sound. A sound means that something is about to get heard. A sound can only be a sound if you hear it. I guess technically if you're deaf, you might be able to feel it. But a sound lets you know that something is there. Bats actually see with sound. Submarines see with sound called sonar. Anyway, so the sound is the indicator. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. This is everyone. This man was a centurion, Cornelius, which means he was a leader of 100. Not just his 100 was there, but their families, Cornelius's family. So there's no telling how many were there. We know on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 were baptized. And in this case, I would assume several hundred, at least a couple hundred. But it was consistent. When you read, go back a couple of chapters, chapter 8. Uh, again, Philip was out baptizing in the name of the Lord. But they needed Peter and John to come to lay hands so that they could receive the Holy Ghost. If all it took was to make a faith declaration, I'm sure Philip could oversee that. But for some reason, they knew that they didn't have the Holy Ghost. How did they know they didn't have the Holy Ghost? They believed and were baptized. They were baptized. Let's <laughs> let's go back. Acts chapter 8. Verse uh, 5, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria, preached Christ unto them, which means he told the gospel story. And the people were with uh, the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing miracles that he did. So, again, your five senses here, they're, they're hearing and seeing what Philip was doing for unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them. And many were taken with palsies that were lame were healed. So Philip is performing miracles, signs and wonders in the name of Jesus Christ. And there was great joy in that city, Samaria. But there was a man, Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out him that himself was some great one. To whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying that this man uh, is the great power of God. Talking about Simon the sorcerer. And to him they had regard because of that long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. 
So again, they were following the teachings of Christ. They believed and were baptized. It's sad that even on that day, they understood that they could not just stop at their believing. They had to put action to their belief. Faith without works is dead. And it says them believing were baptized. This is, uh, it's sad that even in this day today that we stop at the believing part and saying, yep, that's all you need. All you need is to believe. Of course, Paul told the jailer that in Romans, in Acts 16, he said, the jailer said, what must I do to be saved? He said, all you got to do is call upon the name of the Lord. But what did Paul do after that? He baptized him in his whole house. So again, you got to keep reading. And you got to read to get an understanding. This thing, uh, this doctrine has not changed. Nothing has changed. It's the same Holy Ghost that was there is here today. These same miracles that Philip was working are same miracles that we can work today through the power of the Holy Ghost. My God. Then Simon himself believed also, verse 13, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs that were done. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent with him Peter and John, colon, who, when they come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Here it is in parentheses for as of yet he the holy ghost was fallen upon none of them only they were baptized in the name of the lord jesus they were baptized so baptism is not this outward show of an inward faith or whatever non-biblical saying people have come up with this baptism was necessary But you know what else is necessary? The baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because they traveled all the way from Jerusalem to Samaria to make sure that they could pray, that they could lay hands. Read the rest of that story that Peter, I'm sorry, Simon, not Peter, Simon, the sorcerer, the former sorcerer who believed and was baptized, he saw that laying on at hands, people received the Holy Ghost. Now, how did he know that they received the Holy Ghost? Everybody there believed, everybody there was water baptized. How did he know they, they received the Holy Ghost when Peter and John came down to lay hands on them? Well, it's because he heard a sound. He probably saw them, there's no probably, he saw them speaking in tongues. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of hands of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, this power, dunamis. Uh, Hold on. Is that dunamis? Strong 1849. No, this is exousia, authority. Give me also this authority, that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. So he he understood fully what the Holy Ghost was. He understood fully what was going on. Because when they came and laid hands, they spoke in other tongues and received the Holy Ghost. So I'm going to stop right there. I, I, I just pray that um, this helps somebody. You know, we get caught up 
oftentimes in our own dogma, you know, even growing up, growing up, all I knew was, you know, repent, be baptized and receive the Holy Ghost. But there's an understanding that comes with that. And I'm at the point now where I just have faith that if I preach Jesus, if I tell them the sayings of Christ, if I tell them what God's word said, Jesus is the word of God, of course. Tell them what the word says. The word is very consistent. The word does not contradict itself. And it doesn't leave uh, room, wiggle room when it comes to salvation, God's plan of salvation for you. He wants you to have the Holy Ghost. He wants you to have the comforter. This is the promise to you. You absolutely need the Holy Ghost. You need his spirit to rest upon you. It is vital for your salvation. It is necessary for your salvation. And it's necessary because you got to have that quickening spirit when he says, come, my people. Father God, we're going to end this out in a quick word of prayer. Father God, it's in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we just thank you for this word that went up before you tonight. Lord God, we ask that you, the hearts of the listeners were blessed. Father God, we ask that you impart wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Lord God, I ask that you go with each and every person as they go their separate ways, Father. Go into their homes. Lord God, go into their heart, Lord God. Let them know that you're real. Lord God, speak to us, Lord God, each and every day, Lord God. Give us a new word, Lord God. Show us your strength, so with your might, Lord God, that we might grow in faith. Father, these things and everything we ask in the name of Jesus. Lord God, knowing that you are able to perform it, knowing that you are able to do it. Lord God, and we ask this according to your will. Let it be done. If it's your will, let it be done, Father. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thank you for taking the time out to listen. I hope uh, something was said to touch your heart and uh, we'll be back soon. God bless you.